Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 6th of March, 2023, the 13th of Adar, 5783, coming to you from beautiful Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. I'm here just south of the walls of the old city on this Monday morning, and today is actually the fast of Esther, the 13th of Adar, marking the period when the evil Haman, the Amalekite in the Persian Empire, was set to destroy the Jewish people. And we're talking, of course, about the Purim story, which we will celebrate tonight, Monday night and Tuesday. And in Jerusalem, uh, Shushan Purim will be celebrated Tuesday night and Wednesday. But today's fast was established to remember the triumph against Haman while the Jews were fasting. That was the custom. You fast, ask God for his protection before going into battle. That's what happened back then. So we commemorate, we mark that fast here by fasting just before Purim. So those who are fasting have a meaningful fast as we get ready to turn from fasting to feasting tonight with the holiday of Purim. Unfortunately, there's a lot of unfortunate news here in Israel. We'll get to the uh, the talk of all of the recent terror attacks and everything going on over the past week. Three Israelis murdered in terror attacks. But I want to start today's program, today's podcast, by talking about a disturbing trend uh, here in Israel. And this is the the first story out of Israel National News, Arucheva. Um, and it has to do with the judicial reform, which we've been talking about now for weeks and weeks and weeks. But this really, really bothers me. 37 out of 40 reserve pilots from Israel Air Force's 69th Fighter Squadron announced they will not show up for their scheduled combat training this Wednesday and protest against the government's planned judicial reforms. Now, the members of the Israel Defense Force, they do not have the right to become political. They don't. Whether you're a religious Jew, a secular Jew, and in the, in the Israel Defense Forces you have Druze fighters and Bedouin fighters and left, right, center, you are not supposed to be political. You're supposed to show up for your job and def defend the state of Israel, regardless if you are pro the government, against the government, that should not be uh, a decision that weighs upon you when you decide if you're going to get up in the morning and put on your uniform. However, this top elite uh, IAF, Israel Air Force squadron, called the Hammers, one of the most elite, they fly the f uh, 15i Thunderbird aircraft. They participated in Israel's war between wars to prevent Iranian military entrenchment in Syria. They participated in the destruction of the Syrian nuclear reactor in 2007. All of these things. However, Aretz reported that the pilots informed the commanders of the Air Force and of the squadron of their decision to protest in front of government offices rather than return to their base for their scheduled training. Why are they protesting? Well, 
as the other protesters throughout the country this past Saturday night, I think it was the ninth night, ninth Saturday night in a row, claimed they were protesting against judicial reform. And by the way, I quoted Haaretz, which is very, which I very rarely do, but I'm sure they're thrilled about this, uh, about this uh, protest. But this is just wrong. Okay, and here you have people who are part of this protest movement saying. Well, as an Israeli, I'm going to protest this judicial reform, or as an Orthodox Jew, or in this case, as a fighter pilot. And somehow, when they say those things, that makes them an expert on everything going on, right? As an Israeli, I know best, or as an, an idea of soldier, I fought in wars, I know what's best for this country, therefore I am not going to fulfill my obligations. So these pilots won't report for duty, and it's it's pretty hypocritical. If you go back to the expulsion from the Jewish communities in Gush Katif back in 2005, when anyone encouraged a soldier or a member of the security forces not to participate in the destruction of Gush Katif, the others said, no, the army is the army. You must follow orders. And that was really the case in the vast, vast majority. You didn't have a group of IDF or IAF squadron, Air Force squadron pilots protesting against the destruction of Gush Katif. So, and it looks like they're going to get away with it. I mean, these people should be punished for not showing up to do their duty. For Gush Katif, it was, you must follow orders, you must tear down these homes, you must throw people out of their homes. But when it comes to this judicial reform, or using that as an excuse, you don't have to show up for duty. And I just can't stand the hypocrisy. I mean, the fact that these are soldiers doing this, that's a whole other level. But the hypocrisy, it just reeks of hypocrisy, what's going on here. At the same time, um, according to the Jerusalem Post, El Al, El Al's getting involved. Pilots from El Al are getting involved in this as well. Pilots left Prime Minister Netanyahu and his wife Sarah high and dry after no one volunteered to fly Israel's first couple out to Rome for a state visit, visit to Italy scheduled for later this week. So, and, and so here you have the El Al pilots refusing to fly the Prime Minister of the State of Israel. Since when do El Al pilots get to decide who they will or won't fly to a different country? Can you imagine if there were a lot of crying babies on a plane and the El Al pilots said, I'm not taking off too many crying babies? Well, in this case, it's the El Al pilots who are crybabies, not willing to fly. And it's a complicated process. They, they have a, a tender issued for these flights. Okay, they, the government publishes, publishes a tender. El Al, in this case, picked up the tender. And then the pilots decided we're not going to fly Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, to his meetings in Italy. Apparently, the situation is being worked out. Other pilots are coming in from El Al. And, you know, the, uh, the government was considering bringing in uh, or reissuing a tender, I guess, for... Uh, other airlines, maybe Arkea or Israel to fly the prime minister. It looks like El Al in the end will, pilots will uh, be the ones behind the controls of this flight. 
But the fact that El Al was leaving the prime minister hanging for so long is a disgrace. And I hate saying it because, you know, that's our national airline, El Al. Even if it is more privatized than it once was, you do feel that's their slogan um, on LL Air, Airlines. It's as if you are still in Israel. Even when you're on the airlines, it's like you're here. The most home in the world, LL Airlines. But in this case, they decided to, uh, to do the wrong thing and essentially boycott the prime minister of the state of Israel because they don't like his politics. And that's just hypocrisy because this, this would never happen in any other case if it was a left-wing government or a government which they agreed with. And I don't understand. And I do applaud all of those um, in the opposition. There were members of the opposition who did get up and say this is wrong in terms of the soldiers. Let's go back to the, the Air Force pilots. There were responsible leaders in this case. I'm not saying they're always responsible, but in this case, there were leaders who said that, no, this is absolutely wrong. The IDF is off limits. You must show up for duty. And then again, I did hear ex-government officials, members of Knesset, just this morning on the radio on the way in, talking about how that, no, we support the soldiers for not showing up to work. So that's a disgrace, in my opinion. Speaking of a disgrace. U.S. Ambassador to Israel Tom Nides slammed Israeli Finance Minister Betal Smotrich on Friday in a fiery statement calling him stupid and saying he would throw him out of the plane to Washington, according to a report in the Hebrew language edition of Israel Yom, who quoted Israel's Channel 12 News. I'm really angry with him, Nides said. He is stupid. He has, he has a flight to Washington with Israeli businessman Danny Naveh, and if I could, I would throw him off the plane. The U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem initially declined to comment and later said the ambassador denied the allegations, according to Channel 12. So he says he's going he's to throw Betzal Smotrich off the plane. Um, Smotrich planning to visit Washington to speak at an Israel bonds conference taking place from March 12th to the 14th. Apparently, Washington is deciding whether to even grant Smotrich an entry visa into the U.S. For comments that he made, um, Smotrich released a statement actually in response to Ambassador Nides' comment. He said, I'm not angry at the U.S. ambassador at Israel. I'm convinced he did not intend to incite to kill me when he said I should be thrown out of the plane. And that's exactly what I was thinking when I heard those comments. It sounds like incitement to violence. Okay. To say you're going to throw someone off a plane? Smotrich continued, people sometimes use strong expressions, which they don't mean literally, in order to convey a harsh message. It happens to everyone. So, Smotrich was called out because he apparently uh, tweeted or retweeted that he believes that the town of Hawara should be wiped out. That is where the Arab terrorist murdered two Jewish brothers this past week from the community of Harbracha. Uh, Smotrich clarified a statement and said he was talking about he believes that terrorism should be wiped out, not the town. And I don't have it verbatim here. Prime Minister Netanyahu praised Smotrich for clarifying his comments and pointed out that foreign diplomats or Frank Denides make mistakes also. 
So again, you can say what you want about Smotrich and his statements. Go right ahead and voice your opinion. But how about the American ambassador to Israel essentially threatening Smotrich's life by saying he would throw him out of the plane? Maybe he meant when he would throw him off the plane when it was still on the tarmac. Maybe he meant he would throw him out of the plane at least with a parachute on. But to me, this sounds like incitement to violence. Not very democratic-like or representative uh, representative of uh, left-wing values. So if Nides made these comments, I guess which he's now denying, if he's a real liberal, he calls for acts of violence? And that's the hypocrisy. Again, more hypocrisy. I guess that's the focus of today's show. The hypocrisy we're seeing today by those who have hijacked the left or the woke. They're all about peace and love, right? But when they don't like what somebody says, let's throw them out of the plane. We respect and value. That's what they say. Freedom of expression more than anything else. But when we don't like what we hear, let's throw these people off the plane. At the same time, Times of Israel says that 120 American Jewish leaders on Friday signed a statement against Finance Minister Smotrich and his visit to the U.S. Uh, later this month, saying that he has a history of incendiary remarks. She should not be given a platform in our community, said the, these Jewish leaders. Blah, blah, blah. Their statement. Okay calling on people not to give Smotrich a platform, not to invite him into the country. I'm just curious if these 120 Jewish leaders, if they also protested when, let's say, the president of Iran, and this happens, I guess, every year, the president of Iran comes in and speaks at the United Nations in November. Apparently, the head of Iran, the president of Iran representing the mullahs, he's okay, but Smotrich is not welcome. Well, you can argue, well, that's the UN and everyone comes in, this and that. I remember back, I think it was in the late 2000s when the Iranian president at the time who was scheduled to speak at Columbia University, and you did have people get up and protest his appearance at Columbia. But nevertheless, it just shocks me. How on an issue like this, 120 Jewish leaders are willing to sign a piece of paper against a minister in the Israeli government. Whether or not they like his opinion or not, to actually take the time to go through with this. But when it comes to Iran or other evil people, when Yasser Arafat was visiting New York, did these 120 leaders sign onto a document saying that Yasser Arafat shouldn't be allowed into New York? I... Highly, highly doubt that. So again, more hypocrisy in action here. So as Mitzal Smotrich, the finance minister, is being condemned, at the same time, the Jerusalem Post reports that six European nations on Saturday jointly condemned the fatal shootings of three Israelis by what they say are Palestinians and the attack against the West Bank town of Khawara. Not my words. Again, I say Judea and Samaria. They say the West Bank... And they called to an end to such violence. They continued again and again condemning the so-called settler people. And then saying, we are saddened by all loss of life. All loss of life. Really, are you saddened by the loss of life of terrorists? When the IDF carries out a legal anti-terror operation and rids the world of evil, 
Are you sad about that? I mean, that's what they said. They're saddened by all loss of life. Does that include the terrorists? That's my question for these European countries. Then again, the statement continued, we urge all parties to refrain from making this fragile process derail. They're talking about, of course, this two-state solution. And call all parties to make good on their commitments they made at the recent Aquaba meeting by de-escalating in words and deeds and to restore calm in order for those efforts to blossom and to make the next meeting in Egypt, apparently they're meeting again, to make the next meeting in Egypt a success, said the statement. So they're calling for calm, de-escalation, and we're talking about people who build illegally in Area C in Judea and Samaria. They want calm, de-escalation. They don't want unilateral actions, right? We urge the Israeli government to reverse its decision to advance construction of more than 7,000 settlement buildings. That's what they say. And this is the same European Union that is building illegally throughout Area C in all different places throughout Area C in strategic areas to take over Area C. That's their goal. And give it to the PA Arabs. That's what they're trying to do. And these hypocrites are saying no Jewish building because that's destabilizing, but they're investing millions of euros, millions of euros into the illegal building uh, for Arabs throughout Judea and Samaria. So that's what you have. More hypocrisy. That is the word of the day. The Jerusalem Post reported switching gears, going back to the judicial overhaul protesters. They simply want to burn down the House and bring down the government, sending the country into a six-election cycle, Prime Minister Netanyahu warned, and I agree with that completely. I don't agree with the Prime Minister on everything, but I agree with him here. This is their goal, bring down the government. They don't even know what judicial reform is all about. Uh, the Prime Minister continued, the extreme and dangerous group that organizes just wants to burn down the House and create chaos in this country, he said, he said as he addressed the government meeting in Jerusalem yesterday. Again, we're now headed into the 10th week of protests against Justice Minister Yuriv Levine's legislation to reform the judiciary. I heard a brilliant talk this past week from the head of the Kohelet Policy Forum about what judicial reform really is about. Got to get a copy of that video because I got to watch it again because it's, it's, it's very, very complicated. But... You know, this was uh, Moshe Coppell from the Kohela Policy Forum. He did an amazing job telling the history of how we got to where we are back in, the, you know, starting in the, in the early 90s till, till today and how this judicial reform is absolutely necessary. And it's not as crazy or anti-democratic as all these people make it out to be. But as the prime minister said, they want to overthrow the government, create a constitutional crisis and bring uh, Israel to a, lead Israel to a sixth election. That's really the goal. Uh, moving on, I mentioned earlier we are going to discuss terrorism. Uh, the mother of two young brothers killed in a terror attack this week has criticized a crowdfunding campaign, I kid you not, seeking donations for Hawara, the village where the shooting occurred. After Israelis set fire to cars in response and buildings in response to the to the murder of Halel Yaniv and Yagel Yaniv, who were killed at point blank range, murdered. Hashem Yakom Dama, may God avenge their blood, their killer has not been caught. 
So former Labor Party head Yaya Fink launched an online crowdfunding campaign. I think they've raised over a million shekel for the people of Hawara. The mother of the two brothers who were murdered criticized this campaign. She said, Estia Yaniv, she said, I get up every morning looking out at the village of murderers, Hawara, where the murder, murderer of my sons is walking around. In a video posted online, the village of murderers where treats were handed out to celebrate the murder. They handed out candies in Hawara. I saw a video, very graphic video. Just This is posted by the, by the uh, PA Arabs, by the way. Uh, walking by and filming the two brothers who had just been shot, laughing and joking around and filming. And then, of course, they handed out candy. But, you know, this former MK, Fink, decided he is going to fund these people. He's going to raise money for these people. So in response, uh, the Anif family, they have started a campaign and get in touch with me. I'm happy to share you the link. A campaign to bring light. Faced with this campaign of darkness, we've come up with a campaign to bring light. We're talking about increasing Torah learning. We're talking about supporting IDS soldiers. I'm happy to send you the link to this campaign. And I actually, I spoke about this on I-24 News this week. And I asked those Israelis, and I ask, you, and I ask them again now, if they're listening to this podcast, who gave to the Hawara campaign. If they will give to the campaign for the Ani family, and if they will give to the campaign for Benaya Peretz. This was a young man, a teen, who was paralyzed in a terror attack at the Tapur Junction, I think it's about two, three years ago. And he is in need of a very unique surgery to please God allow this boy to walk again. An Israeli boy is paralyzed. So maybe if these people are willing to give to Hawara, maybe they will give to an Israeli victim of terror. Or maybe they'll give to this campaign launched by the by the Ani family. I don't know. Let's see. At the same time, do you think any Arabs under the PA would raise funds? It's comical to even ask. Would raise funds for Israeli victims of terror? There's no chance. It's laughable to even suggest it. But that's where we are and that's where they are. Uh, that being said, okay, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much are we moral maybe we aren't so moral giving money to some of those who celebrated the murder of two young israelis who took again who took pictures spread them on social media this is by the way before the family knew their sons were died their sons were killed rather or those who handed out candy in celebration maybe raising a million shekel for this village isn't what we shouldn't be doing. Say what you want about what happened there. But maybe, you know, I just painted a picture where Israel is the moral entity and the PA is the immoral entity who will certainly not raise money for Israeli victims of terror, but maybe we're immoral for raising money for Hawara. What do you think about that? Get in touch with me. Let me know. Happy to read your comments on this. Is the PA, by the way, is the PA even raising money for Hawara? I would doubt that, unless it's, you know, some good PR. Maybe they'll have a ceremony, hand out some checks or something, and give people uh, and give people money from Hawara in front of the cameras. But is it 
moral of us to raise money for Hawara? I say no. I say it's not. Certainly, for those who gave to Hawara, let's see if you'll step up and give to your fellow Jews, your fellow Israelis who are suffering as a result of this evil, as a result of this evil Arab terrorism, which emanated from the village of Hawara. Let's see where you are on that on that issue. The Jewish press reports on terrorism, which took place over the weekend on Friday evening. Terrorists opened fire at a 65-year-old commercial driver as he traveled from the southern Hebron Hills near the Beit Haggai Junction. The driver was wounded in the legs, treated by medics from Hatzala, Yudava Shamron, or otherwise known as Rescuers Without Borders, taken to Shari Tzedek Hospital in Jerusalem. Three hours later, terrorists hurled a pipe bomb while driving past an IDF outpost near Jelazun in Judea and Samaria. Terrorists also uh, hurled Molotov cocktails towards vehicles in Gush Etzion. No injuries reported. This is just over, you know, these are just several reports. There are many, many more reports of terrorism just over the weekend alone. Uh, Times of Israel says IDF forces were called to the scene after Arabs under the PA, they say allegedly, that's Times of Israel reporting, allegedly launched fireworks at Israeli motorists traveling along Route 55. They love that word, allegedly. Soldiers began searching for the suspects on the outskirts of Azun. That is a village near Karnei Shamron. That is a hornet's nest, hornet's nest rather, of terror. And terrorism, trust me, I know. I travel that road all the time. Um, so IDF forces were called to the, to the scene. And one of those who was hurling Molotov cocktails, a PA Arab, was shot dead. Another one was critically wounded by IDF troops. And that should be the message. If you attack Jews, you're going to die. That's the message which needs to be sent out loud and clear throughout Judea and Samaria. If you attack Jews, the IDF is going to come for you, and you will not make it home alive. I strongly believe in that, and I think that is a one of the steps we should be taking when it comes to deterrence against terrorism in this country. Finishing with some positive news, Newsweek has named Jerusalem Sadasa Medical Center a world leader in oncology for the fifth straight year. One of the globe's top hospitals in both cardiology and smart technology. So Hadassah Hospital, a world leader, appearing in the Newsweek list of world's best hospitals 2023. The fifth annual assessment of 300 hospitals in 28 countries produced by Newsweek in partnership with the global data firm uh, Statista. So Hadassah, alongside such entities, medical centers as the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, New York City's Mount Sinai Hospital, and John Hopkins Hospital. So there you go. Proud news from Jerusalem. And congratulations to the Hadassah Medical Center for being recognized as a world's best hospital 2023. And just in sports, finishing with some sports, uh, this actually was from last month, but we didn't discuss it. Two major wins for Israelis in martial arts competitions. Olympic judokas, judokas 
if I pronounced that correctly, Sagi Muki and Raz Hershko won gold medals at the recent Tel Aviv Grand Slam. Now, it did take place in Israel, but let's remember, there, there were nearly 400 competitors, competitors from 52 countries gathered, and Israelis took gold in their respective categories, Muki in the men's under 81 kilogram, and Hershko in the uh, women's over 78 kilogram. Congratulations. The message from that, well, first of all, it's great that we have world champions here. Israel has always been very, very um, good when it comes to uh, judo. Always ranked in the top of the world and many medals at the Olympics and other competitions as well. And what can we take from this is that uh, you shouldn't mess with the Jews anymore because we know how to fight, whether it's judo, whether it's our army. Jews know how to fight, and we're done taking it. After 2,000 years, we've had enough, and we are going to fight back. Don't mess with the Jews, folks. Anyway, that's the show for today. Wishing everyone out there celebrating the holiday of Purim, a Purim Sameach. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. For Monday, the 6th of March, 2023, the 13th of Adar, 5783, fasting. Yes, I am here in Jerusalem. Looking forward to the holiday of Purim. Thank you to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Happy to read your comments on the air if you have something to say. Love the show, hate the show, want to talk about a specific issue. With your permission, happy to read your thoughts on the air. Everyone out, out there, everyone, I'm, my, yeah, I'm a little bit tongue-tied. I realize that. I think it's because I'm fasting. But everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, again, Purim Sameach. Most importantly, when we talk, please God again next Monday. Everyone out there, be safe. Shalom, shalom from Jerusalem, capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Purim Sameach, everyone. Have a great week. With global instability on the rise, more and more people are turning to God, realizing now they don't exactly know where to look for guidance. The Bible says the guidance will come from the land of Israel. My name is Jeremy Gimpel. A few months ago, we started an online seminar teaching life-changing biblical wisdom revealed from the original Hebrew and straight from the mountains of Judea. What you will discover is that the wisdom transmitted thousands of years ago is speaking directly to us in our time right now. Join now and get an audio series on the prophecy encoded in the book of Joshua absolutely for free. Just click on the link below or email fellowship at thelandofisrael.com. I don't know how you found this video or what compelled you to click on that link, but I don't believe in coincidence. And I would encourage you to take the next step on your journey toward the land of Israel. I hope to see you at the Land of Israel Fellowship. Shalom. Shalom.